Welcome to the When God Calls podcast. I am your host, Michael McCaskill, public servant, lay servant, and cancer survivor. Each episode, you will hear motivational stories from people whose lives have been changed by serving others. Along the way, you'll get tips and strategies that you can use to become a more effective Christian. Thanks for listening. Now let the journey continue. about Paul being in prison and there were two gentlemen that came and visited him in prison and they took these they took the letter back to Ephesus from Paul um, and then how the, the chapter was broken up so for chat for what I want to do here is open with chapter one hey y'all come on in um, but we will go back over a little bit of the history so Ephesians uh, can be broken down into two sections, just for real quick. Um, our riches in Christ and our responsibilities in Christ. So you got two sections. He tells you what our blessings that, that we have received and then what we are to do with those blessings and how we're to live our lives. Um, so from our spiritual possessions in Christ, we get them from the Father and we get them from God. We get them from Jesus Christ, <clears throat> pardon me, and then we get them from the Holy Spirit. So our position in Christ is that we are positioned with Him on the throne. We are there with at His right hand. Um, and then our responsibilities are we are to walk in unity. So we're together as Christians, we are to be in unison. That doesn't mean that we um, all agree all the time. The unison in, in walk is we are walking with Christ. He is the center of our lives and we're doing what He's asking us to do instead of just whatever we want to do. So we're walking in unity together through Jesus Christ in His, in His death and resurrection. He is our Savior. Um, and then we are to walk in purity. You know, the Gentiles, the Jews were the chosen group and then Paul went to preach to the Gentiles. Well, they were sinners, so were the Jews. But um, we are to walk in purity, believing in Jesus Christ, and so that our salvation is is comes to fruition. And he talks a little bit about, he gives some of some examples in Ephesians there at the end about how you do that and how husbands and wives are to live in harmony, how parents and children, and how masters and servants. So he uses some examples to give us ways to so we can understand what he means when he says walk in unity. All right, so for chapter 1, I'm going to read through chapter uh, the first uh, 13, 14 verses of chapter 1 because I want to highlight some things that I think are important for us to take away. And I want to make sure that everybody <laughs> at least understands. I've read through this. I've done some of the commentaries. I've looked at things from my perspective. And we all have different perspectives. So this is something that I'm hoping is a basis for a starting point for all of us to say, okay, this is what we studied this week. How does that apply to my life and how does that apply to me? Because we're all different. We're all different people in Christ because we all have different spiritual blessings and spiritual gifts 
and things we're supposed to do on earth for God. So what I want to do is take this as the base and then you guys study for yourselves and, and take this further. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Uh, and I'll start with verse 3. <clears throat> Excuse me. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in, in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, <clears throat> which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will, according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth." In Him we have obtained an, an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. In Him you, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. So I want to talk through this. There's a mouthful there. And there's some really interesting things that have come out of this that are for me that I would like to, uh, to talk about. Now, I didn't read verse 1 and 2, because honestly, because I didn't put it in my <laughs> notes. But in verse 1, Paul declares his calling based on the will of God. Paul says he's a, he's a disciple of Christ because of the will of God. If you remember when he was walking on the road and he was struck, scales on his eyes, the will of God was for Paul to change his life and be a disciple of Christ. And so God's will for Paul was his discipleship. Well, God's will for all of us is not the same as God's will for Paul. There may be some similarities, but we're all different. We're all created differently. We're all created so that our gifts that we received, our talents that we've been given, can be used for God's glory through Christ Jesus. So when you see Paul declares his calling based on the will of God, declare your calling based on the will of God. You can put your name, I, Michael, whatever God's will is in my life, that's why I'm here. So we all have a calling for God's will in our lives, and we need to realize and, and figure out what that is and, and, and get, use that calling. Of course, we're all different by design, and they're sure I shouldn't compare myself to Kathy. You know, I shouldn't say, well, Kathy's doing these great things. She's a saint. Or April's doing these great things. She's a saint. I shouldn't compare myself to anyone else. God made me to be me, and He gave us Christ for our salvation together. So we're all different, but we all should be working toward the will of God as, is, as our talents have been given to us. Um, so this letter, he says, is to people at Ephesus in that 
in verse 2 he says this letter is to Ephesus, right? Well, he talks about this letter being to the saints and the believers in Ephesus. The only thing that changes the letter, the only thing that excludes us today in the letter to the Ephesians is that we weren't in Ephesus. We're believers. We've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. We believe in Him. We're just like the people in Ephesus. So this letter is as much to our lives and us as it is to the people in Ephesus. So we should consider it the same as the people in Ephesus considered it. Now, we know today a lot more than the people at Ephesus knew because Paul's in prison. Paul was put in prison because of his belief in Jesus Christ and his gospel message. That's got to scare the bejeebies out of people in, the, in, in Ephesus because if they come out and they're doing the same things Paul's doing, you know, they could go to jail and, and, and soon be, uh, be killed for what it is that they believe in. So they had a much closer relationship with Paul in the, in the sense that they're in the same day Paul's in. This is around 63, 65 AD is when this was written. We are further removed, but the information, the direction the need to follow what this letter says to the Ephesians is the same. Just because we're farther removed doesn't mean it doesn't apply to us. Again, the only difference is we don't live in Ephesus. <laughs> we live where we live in the times we live in, but all the stuff that Paul's writing about still applies to us. So if you'll notice in verse 3, Paul begins his letter by saying what God has done for us, not what we're supposed to do for God. He starts by saying these are the blessings that God has, has, has given us and what He's done for us. He says we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. But He says that we've been blessed with that in Christ. Christ is the source of our blessing because we, if, as long as we believe in Christ and we accept His salvation, His death and, and resurrection on the cross, that is how we've gotten these spiritual blessings is through, the, is through Christ. And the, a blessing is defined as God's favor and protection. Not, not a blessing for your food, which is you know, you're thanking God for what you've, what you've been given. But a blessing is actually God's favor and His protection for you. So He didn't say here you know, that we're, we, we are... He is not talking about our earthly blessings. Our earthly blessings, we think about those as we live comfortably, we have enough to eat, we have a roof over our head, and we have good jobs or good retirements, um, we have good families. We, yes, we're blessed beyond measure, there's no doubt about it. But the blessings Paul's talking about to the Ephesians are spiritual blessings, eternity blessings, <laughs> blessings that, that He sent Christ to die for us, the blessings that we've garnered through that death and resurrection. Um, one of the first blessings he lists is he chose us. So back up in uh, verse 4, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. One of the blessings we got through Jesus Christ is he chose us. He chose us. We didn't choose him. He chose us. <clears throat> With all of our warts, problems, neglecting the Scriptures, neglecting Him, not praying as much as we should, saying we're going to get more in the Scriptures and then not doing it, 
getting through it, getting into a situation and getting God's there with all of that. He still chose us before the world ever started, before He ever made anything. He still chose us. He chose to give us a way for salvation and be with Him. Um, he chose for us to be blameless before Him. Remember now, you have to remember, all our blessings are in Christ. They're coming through Christ. And he predestined. He The predestination here is that Jesus was going to come. He was going to live with us a sinless, perfect life, die on the cross, shed his blood to save us, to take that off of us. He already created this before he ever created the world. He, he chose us, and he chose us by sending his son and, and planning to do that long before he ever made the, word, the world. <clears throat> One day when we stand before God, Christ will present us as one of His. Blameless because Jesus paid the penalty on the cross because we are in Christ. So if we're not in Christ, none of this will count. Think of it that way. If you don't accept Christ, you don't have God's blessings because all of God's blessings are coming to us through Christ. And that salvation that we so desire with Him if we're not in Christ, even though we know Him, if we're not in Him, Jesus may say, Father, I do not know them. And I can't imagine at the end of my earthly life, I cannot imagine how... I don't know, that that's terrible. I don't even want to think through that because, you know, that, that, I don't even know how to put that into words other than to say the devastation that I would feel at that point in knowing that I had a chance and didn't take that chance is, is I don't want to get myself into that situation. We are accepted in Jesus Christ. God accepts us if we're in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so on the day that I'm presented to God, God doesn't accept me because of me. Yes, I'm chosen, but He accepts me because I'm in Christ. So He doesn't. I, I'm not, I don't have the opportunity that day to walk up to God and say, "Here I am, God. Accept me. I've done Your will." That's not how that works. If Jesus doesn't call me one of His, God doesn't accept me. So the blessing that He's given us through Jesus Christ is His acceptance because of Jesus Christ. And once He does that, He has now forgiven me, us, of our sins according to the riches of God's graces. So when we sin, we are forgiven because we're in Christ. Not on our own, not without Him, but because of Him. Because of, of His life, His sacrifice, His bloodshed, to take that off of my shoulders. Without that, I'm not forgiven. Without, without my belief and dedication to Christ, even though I know who Christ is, without me accepting that and believing in Him, God won't accept me and forgive my sin. I've got to take that action. Yes, He chose me, but He also chose to give me 
the choice as to whether or not I live for Him, accept Him, believe that God sent Jesus Christ, believe that His death and resurrection on the cross is my salvation. And it's at that point, once I've accepted that, that the Holy Spirit comes in and and guides me now in my earthly life. He He made known to us His will. So, in this same paragraph, Paul talks about the fact that when we're in Jesus Christ, God has now made known to us His will for unity. Unity, and He's going to have unity at the end of times when this whole cycle's over and humanity is no more. There will be unity. The question is, where are you in that unity? Are you walking in unity with Christ, in unity with God, or are you not? Do you believe that Christ came and died for you and you live your life that way or not? Will God say to the Father, I know them, accept them, or will He say, I do not know them? And these are the, this is the unity that's been made known to humanity uh, through Jesus Christ. Uh, unity will be brought to all things in heaven and earth under Christ. So without Christ, the unity won't happen. So if you're not in Christ, you're not going to be in the unity. That's the way I read that. And I encourage you all to, to read these things and, and, and consider them for yourselves. For me, this isn't a maybe or possibly or maybe if. You know, This is yes or no. Yes, there will be unity. The question is, will you be part of that unity? And it will only happen for us if we're part of Jesus Christ. If we believe in Him and, he's, and, he, and, he, has, and he has ownership of us. Uh, when we do that, when we accept Jesus Christ, when we make Him our Savior, when we are following His lead, we're giving glory to God and He is saying, look, these are my people. This is what it's all about. We're glorifying Him through our life dedicated to Christ and living for Christ. But again, that starts with the acceptance of Jesus Christ and believing in Him and living that way. What that means is when times get tough, it's easy to live for God when things are going great. Nothing's wrong in your life. Everything's going like you wanted it to. Everything's perfect in that particular three seconds of your life. It's easy to live for God then. But when things are going off the rails, sicknesses, financial problems, earthly things that start to happen, and it pulls us away from that spiritual connection with Christ, which pulls us away from Christ, which pulls us away from God, it's then that you have to trust. It's then that you have to trust that Jesus Christ is here for you He's with you. You let the Holy Spirit guide you back to Him so that you remember He is the reason that you have your salvation. And it's in those tough times that we, I find myself pulling away. You know, we all want to take control. We all want to have control in what happens tomorrow. And yet, we witness so many things every day that prove that that's not anywhere near accurate. We have no control over where or what's going to happen to us 10 minutes from now, two hours from now, two days from now. So we need to make sure that every second of every day we are committed to Jesus Christ. He is 
the person we're following so that when we are presented to God, He says, I know, I know them. And we are purchased by God at that point. So once we have heard the gospel of our salvation, at that point we're introduced to Christ. When we hear the gospel, we now know Christ. When I say no, we know who He is. The next step of that is we have to believe that He is the Christ. We have to believe that He is our salvation and the reason for our salvation. And once we believe that, once we believe that, then God has now purchased us. He has sealed us with Him. He's adopted us with Him. He's placed His his signet ring in the wax of our lives and saying, these are my people. And He does that by providing us the Holy Spirit to guide us. It's similar to, in, in Ephesus was a financial center back in the day. And what would happen is it was for agriculture, the owners of these places, that off, people would come and buy goods at Ephesus. And they crate the goods up and they put wax on the crates and they'd seal it with a ring and they'd ship it back home. Well, when they got back home, the servants would dig through all of those crates because there'd be all kinds of different crates in there from different people. And they'd look for their owner's signet ring, the emblem that said That's, that package is sealed by the owner. And they'd pull those out and say, that's ours. Well, that's what God does with us when we accept Jesus Christ. He puts His ring signet on our, the wax of our lives and says, they're mine. And He gives us the Holy Spirit to guide us until the day that we meet and gain our salvation when Jesus Christ says, I know them. What a beautiful way for us to know how to live our lives. Because at this point in, in Paul's letter, he's told us everything that God has done for us. Most of what God has done for us. We've got a couple, of, a couple more verses here to say that. But just in these few sentences, all the wonders that God has provided for us, there's nothing you can do to, to deserve that. So, the best thing we can do is follow Jesus Christ so that Christ says, I know you when He presents us to the Father. Any thoughts or comments or questions? And to get that mark, Jesus Christ has to say, Father, I know them. They're one of mine.